GM, GM, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Lucas Bean, with my wonderful co-host, Crip King, over here. What's up, Crip King? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Good day. Uh, a lot of good news. Good stuff on the horizon. So, yeah, good to see all the people here, too. Right? That's what I'm talking about. We got a special guest today, HBA. That's what's up, guys. Um, let me let me sync up with uh, Crip King here, though, man, and be like, yo, what's the news, man? What's the big news today? Yeah. Uh, well, the kind of the flavor of the news was a couple projects took off uh, from Mint, uh, kind of like launching yesterday. You have National Geographic that kind of paused, had some technical difficulties. Uh, Board Apes said they're going to hold off until today, which I, th- I was happy with that. You know, we don't want to rush stuff. Uh, besides that, we have uh, in other news, MetaHood raises $3 million to build the Zillow of the Metaverse. Uh and in other news, we see Bitcoin is currently sitting at 20707 18% up in the last week. Uh, things are kind of starting to get a little uh, dip. So just, you know, if you're going to get profits, start watching very co- closely. And as always, do your own research. And this is entertainment. Back to you, Lucas. Don't, don't you wonder, like, what's going on with, uh, like, all the NFTs that actually we're pumping? Are we concerned that this is actually a short bull market a you know i mean do we actually think that 2023 is going to lead into something bigger i see it as like a short term what do you guys think yeah i think it's a bubble we're definitely in this little small bubble and like uh it's good though you know like uh uh, to start making positions but like you said i think it is short term right now and then it'll be interesting to see where we go from there that's what i'm talking about captain dad pants is up on stage what's up captain dad pants Good morning. Uh, sharing a lot of the same sentiments that you guys are having. I just, I don't see new money coming into the space right now. It just seems like it's like Crypto, Crypt King said, um, it's the same thousand people that are just kind of like throwing our money around at the, at the projects. And whenever there's a run up on board apes, that's usually when we start to see things trickle down to the other projects. Um, but we have seen a good surge in the art scene, you know, uh, glitch art is having a, a moment. Open editions are going strong. Um, a lot of one-on-one auctions that I'm seeing going over like eight or 10 ETH. So there is definitely some life in the market, but, um, there's going to be an announcement in the U S around crypto regulation today. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes in 20 minutes. Oh boy. Oh boy. Should we be concerned? Yeah, and the interest, we be interesting, concerned? On, <laughs> interesting on the manifold part is, uh, you know, on the one-on-one art, uh, I think a manifold is going to break another record this month, which last month it broke uh, like almost 75% higher than uh, all other mints. And it's looking like it's going to kill that record again. So that's good on that front, you know? Yeah, it sounds interesting. I don't, I don't, honestly don't know enough about it right now, guys. Like I had no idea um, we were getting news today from .gov about this stuff. That's interesting. I'd like to obviously want to learn more. Question to you guys is didn't isn't Yuga like postponed now twice? Didn't weren't they supposed to launch yesterday and they postponed to today and now they did they postpone today to for tomorrow? It sounds like a, to me it sounds like creating like ultimate FOMO rather than actually yeah. re- de- really delaying it. Yeah, I think uh well, if you look deep into what they said, uh they delayed it and then you kind of see that they decoupled uh some of the people that don't want to play the games and kind of gave reassurance that like, Hey, you can still claim this. And, 
so I think it was good for them to, I want them to take as much time as possible. I don't want to rush into any of this, you know, like, so I was actually kind of relieved yesterday because uh, I thought that this was going to happen, you know? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So what's the scoop on it, guys? Tell me more about the Mint because I don't know enough about it. Something to do with like tickets? Is that what it is? Yeah, so it's a skill-based NFT game uh, and you're going to have uh, be able to claim a sewer pass for free. The holders are. And then the game's called Donkey Dash that can be played by anyone holding the sewer uh, pass. And it's a kind of an endless runner game. And then from there, it goes live. Uh, it's supposed to go live today. Players will have three weeks to try to achieve the highest score possible by collecting items and completing quests in the fame. Yeah, so, and then, and then, but still, you'll be able to claim until the 15th with the highest score winning a, a key to a mysterious and very important box. That's what it goes for. And then you can buy power, power up packs while you're playing for $9. Um, and that's what it's got listed right now. <clears throat> Dope. Hey, if you guys can look at the top, retweet out the space, that would be great. Love to have more people in here chatting it up, creating a big community here. First event has already launched three, four weeks ago. Actually, it was four weeks ago. I launched for January 26th in Los Angeles. So keep collecting POAPs and you will get in for free if you're in LA. You also will, uh, when I launch other events in other cities, you guys will also have access to those if you're part of this community. So get ready, HB. Hey, what's up? Yeah, what's good, fam? Yeah, this fucking um, this eight minutes interesting, man. I'm I'm figuring out what I want to do if I want to sell my pass or if I'm gonna have someone do it for me. But there's no way I'm playing that game. I, I just don't. I don't have time to do it, so it's kind of intriguing. Yeah, it's interesting, right? What do you win if you play the game? I don't. I know. You probably already said said what it was, but what is it? Do you like win like a mint? Do you like what do you I get? I think there's like there's like rumors about. It. I mean, Crypt King probably knows more than I do, but I've seen stuff related to Mecha Dogs or something like that. Where I could I could be way off, but that's that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah, same thing. There's a uh, hinting at uh, dogs, and that's kind of like what we thought that it, they were going towards. Uh, if you kind of like looked at the you know, that, um, the media kit that, that, that could be fake or not that they dropped. So I think it's going in that direction, but they're very, they're very vague about it. And I'm the same way. I don't have time to play this game. And the way that you look at it, you know, that you're going to have gamification going on and all this. So I'm trying to figure out too, if I use it as an exit, you know, kind of like, you know, taking my profit type of thing. So I'm being very close to see what's going to happen, but they're, I don't know how I feel about all this. You know, it's it's definitely different. It'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> yeah, you know, anybody that has an ape still, like, uh, like if you didn't take your profits yet, I'm just surprised. Like, those are <laughs> those were the ones. Um, yeah, we're kind of insane. There's a <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta own it now, right? Like at the end of the day, like I was trying to explain to people back in the day, I'm like, yo, when is that that um, you know, that yacht club or country club pass, like get too expensive for the point where you just don't want to resell it. And that was just, that was just my point. And they were all very like, Oh, I have very high conviction. And then it dropped, you know, from a half million dollars to like, I don't know how much they are now, but like 150, what is it? Like something like that. Um, it's just a lot. So I would have, uh, absolutely cashed out probably even before 400 K <laughs> I would have been like, all right, time to go. Um, well, if, if I could have read the writing on the wall, I think I would be with you. But, you know, like you said, long term conviction now. 
You have to. Yeah. I was going to say, you got to own it now. Right. <laughs> Unless you got it like wicked cheap. Right. If you paid like a thousand bucks and it's still worth a hundred K you're like so far up. So, um, HBA, man, we're going to jump over to, well, let's say hi to Mariana first. Mariana, what's up? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. How are you? <laughs> Is it cold where you're at right now? Isn't it like Doing freezing well. where you are? It's like 38. It's, it's Oof. bearable. Oof. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing well. You know, I, actually, I logged on and I'm trying to catch up with the World Economic Forum. They posted an article on DAOs. So I haven't had a read on it yet. So I'm going to read it tonight and come back the next day with our for the spaces and see what, you know, talking points I can come back with. But yeah, I'll try to find actually I'll pin the, uh, I'll pin the tweet. But yeah, I think it'll be really cool to see how um, what, what the economic forum says about DAOs, and there are a few you know contributors um, in the space to this um, PDF. So I think it's going to give some guidance on at least DAOs from that standpoint. So yeah, where to da- come on that? Davos is big right now. A couple of my friends in Europe there that, um, that are in the NFTs and like Web three went over there to like they like rented a house and are putting on presentations there for like everybody at Davos. So it's interesting. Yeah, so that's all I'll be doing. <laughs> sounds sounds like a hoot. Sounds like yeah. an absolute good time. So welcome, yeah, welcome HBA. <laughs> <laughs> HBA, what's up, HBA? All right, HBA, this is how it works, my man. We just want to like go through like kind of like a little bit of your past and be like, hey, you know, like what's your origin story? Where'd you come from? Things like that. And then like, what are your what are your big plans for like 2023, my man? Hit me. Tell us who you are, man. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't have some crazy story, I guess. Um, I kind of came out of uh, college and went right into web three. Um, I kind of saw an emerging market that had a lot of potential. Um, I came in about like January of 2021. Like I was more like monitoring the market and not buying anything just because I I wasn't sure really where it could go. And then kind of the board eight mint came around. I hated the art. But I saw the community got priced out pretty quickly when it got to like two or three ETH. Um, ended up doing market doing like a market analysis role for a project called Bulls on the Block. Um, that ended up being a rug pull. I remember that project. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It ended up, I guess the the head artist was paying someone to pretend to be him. It was a, it was a crazy story. That was very early, but. Um, then I took on a community manager position for a project called ape gang. And that was kind of my big start in this space to see like the potential and, and community growth. Um, you know, that was, that was a, that was an incredible time. I mean, building a project at that time was at 0.02 ETH. It went up to like one ETH when I left. Um, but it's, it's kind of crazy to see community growth at those levels. It becomes very culty. It becomes very like family oriented almost in a way where people are checking in on people and they actually care about the community. Um, so that was kind of like my first big, okay, I see the community aspect. I see the potential in web three. And then um, you know, the more the floor went up, the more I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of this not being my community, right? Like I'm the community manager, you know, I'm guiding the project, but it's not really my community. I'm not the founder. So that was kind of for me, I'm like, okay, I got to start something. Um, so at that point in time, I was pretty much not tapped in, in the space at all. Like I literally was not affiliated with any other projects. I only held ape gang. Like it's kind of crazy. Um, but I had like, at that time I had like 6,000 followers and I didn't hold one other project than that. So 
that's when I tapped into like Maury's and alien friends and, and a ton of great communities and figured out like, wow, there's actually a lot more to this space than, <laughs> you know, what I was working with. And, and I really, at that point, just met people, hosted a ton of Twitter spaces, DM'd people, learned like so much in like a three or four you know, month period of like what this space can be outside of just like utility and community growth, but actually like hearing about web two stories and, and you know, what people are trying to build in this space. And, and that's kind of where Fishy Fam came from is, you know, I kind of took pieces of what I love from multiple projects and, and kind of created a marketing funnel from that is, you know, a lot of it was from you know, Maury's and Alien Friends, the community aspect, the cute art, I, I really enjoyed that. But also kind of tapping into some other projects I like, such as Bears Deluxe and um, some alpha communities that were doing really well trading um, and kind of grouped to me what my perfect community was. Um, and, and I believe that's kind of why we had such a strong uh, build up towards the men is, you know, people wanted to be a part of that quote unquote family. And, and that's why the name is fishy fam. And, you know, after that, it's pretty much, you know, building in web three and, and, and going through the hard times of the market going down, you know, 60% plus in a very short period of time after our mint, you know, treasury getting hit, stuff like that. And, um, you know, building through the negativity too has, you know, kind of been the last five or six months is, People really aren't understanding the mar the market's down significant. You know, we're we're down from forty eight hundred ETH. We went all the way to nine hundred ETH, and and people can't understand floor prices are going to drop. Like that's people lose trust. Yeah, it when, seems obvious though to me, right? You know, like if the market goes down, like floor prices ought to, ought to like automatically go down. So yeah, but I think that's like you know I was actually talking about that today with um, some people is. You know, that question is when I came into NFTs, it was it was a hedge against ETH, right? So you had like kind of leverage in a way where if ETH went down, you know, NFTs would go up and NFTs would still go up even when ETH was going up. It was a weird, like very early in the space. That's kind of how it was. And that disconnected pretty quickly, probably towards the end of 2021, 2020, beginning of 2022, in my opinion. So um, yeah, I don't think a lot of people really caught on to the fact that like the, the like almost the economy and what like web three has changed drastically. And, and a lot of our audience right now, kind of what you were saying earlier on is there isn't a lot of money left in the space. And, and it's because right now this space is filled with retail investors. We haven't really had a wave of like whales and, and web two powerhouses, kind of like the stock market with BlackRock and you know, if BlackRock comes into Web3, you know, this space is every project's going one ETH plus like, but we're just not there right now. We're in a retail investing market. Um, and with retail investors, it's, you know, the mindset has always been, I'm going to put $100 into something and turn it into a million, which in reality, you need a lot more than $100 to turn something into a million in most cases. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more as a founder of a project. Have you like, because like, uh, I've definitely asked this about like literally to every founder I've talked to so far. And I've noticed a common theme where if you don't communicate with your audience, like your, your, uh, your collectors, um, 
your community within like 72 hours, they instantly start calling your name saying, where did he go? Was he on vacation? You can't like take a day off in this space. Have you felt the same way um, about your project and your community? Yeah, I'm a little bit less than a day. I would probably say like a four hour period, <laughs> like sleeping, you know, after the mint was very, very anxiety prone. Um, you know, obviously we had FUD because of a contract exploit, but you know, even to this day, I, I still feel pretty anxious stepping away. It's it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you're putting a lot of fires out in this space because people are kind of on the edge right now with the market being down. So, yeah, def- I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Is uh, how do you manage like how would you manage it? Like when people are just like throwing like crazy amounts of like FUD and like hate and all sorts of stuff just because, you know, you're not keeping them apprised every, you know what I mean? Like every six, 12, 24 hours, like, um, have, have you received like DMS? Like, where the hell are you? What are you on vacation? Like, did you just like, you know, any of that stuff? Like, does, does any of that stuff come up at all or? Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the word rug pull has been, you know, that's pretty easily used in this space. It's like, you know, the first word that comes out of people's mouths. But, um, I think for me, like, you know, for a while I cared. And I think at this point where I am in the space, you know, I, I worked very hard to build my name from, from nothing. I didn't have web two alkylades and, and job achievements and, you know, started entrepreneur companies, you know, hundred times over like Kevin Rose. So for me, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, you know, I worked really hard for my name in the space. I'm going to build what I want to build, you know, fishy fam. We have you know, long-term visions and, you know, someone complaining because we don't have, you know, an infinite token that you can use on a marketplace to win something like that's just not in our vision. Um, so we're going to build out what we want to build. And and I'm not really stressing really about, um, you know, that kind of stuff anymore. It's more about like building what, you know, the long-term vision of Fishy Fam is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. And that's a good way of looking at it, I think. Um, what is, uh, what does 2023 look for fishy, like look like for fishy fam or even like 2023 and, you know, maybe three years out, do, like, do you have a plan you can share? Is there something you can talk about it? Yeah, I think, I think for us, like in the immediate, um, this week we're doing what's called a trait remastering. Um, you know, with fishy fam, we do have kind of ch- children oriented art in a way, but you know, it does have that maturity to it as well. But there's things that if we want to tap into certain markets, we need to get rid of and, and some of the stuff I love that we have to change is, you know, we're changing cigarette trades, getting rid of those just because it's not children oriented and realistically kind of goes against our purpose. Cause when you think of litter, most of the time you do think of cigarettes, it's pretty common. Um, drunk eyes, we're getting rid of stuff like that where, you know, it, it's cool trades, you know, aesthetically, I love cigarettes. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I love cigarette trades. I don't know why. Um, but like stuff like that, we're going to be changing and transitioning into a more children oriented um, where we can have cartoons, you know, books and stuff like that. And then I think really for us in, in 2023, the main goal is IP. Um, you know, it's IP has been used like pretty freely in this space. Um, but I do truly believe that Fishy Fam has a strong IP. Like I think our art's incredible. I think our art is Zam Zammy is one of the top artists in the space and he's very underrated and and we really want to tap into you know uh plushies uh we already have plushies done we're we're planning to release those in the next couple of months and then we really want to get a book out um and then kind of start working on animated series and then lore with um 
with uh, blockchain technology uh, kind of connected inside of it. So with you just brought up lore, and I love this topic because a lot of people are like, hey, we need a really great lore, lore. We need more lore. We need more stories and lore. And I'm like, you know what? You have a company that does like SaaS stuff. Like, why are you trying to create lore around a company that's like a software company that does literally like, you know, Twitter SaaS or, you know what I mean? Like a, a SaaS solution that's not really NFT heavy. People are still trying to like come up with like a lore for like this sterile type of, you know, software as a solution company. What are your thoughts on like companies, like literally just full on tech companies coming up with lore or is it like NFT projects should be coming up with lore? I think it's, I think it's NFT projects because the art, um, because the, you know, obviously the IP, things like that. Like what are your thoughts on like a, a SaaS company trying to like create lore around a product because of uh, storytelling? Mm-hmm. I think like, I think lore is very important. Um, I would say both, but, you know, obviously I think NFTs is, you know, is more important connected to, to technology. I think one of the big problems we have in web three related to lore though, is the time it takes to build out lore. Like you can't kind of create lore and just keep creating it. You need to get ahead. Um, in my opinion, you got to get like two or three months worth of stories written out and then getting the blockchain technology inside of it. But I do think at the same time, too, like Web2 companies should have some sort of lore. If you think of even non-technology Web2 companies, most of them do have lore of its own. You know, you have Geico Insurance has the lizard. You have Coca-Cola has Santa. Um, which what, is, what does OpenSea have for lore? I, I feel like they're trying to create something with the ship. I mean, I haven't, I've only seen very minimal posts with them using their ship logo. Um, right. but I think they could definitely get into that. I see that. I think they've fine. I don't know if they've hired someone recently, but it looks like they have someone on their social media, finally kind of doing GMs, GNs, getting more connected to the community. But I would like to see them do some sort of lore, um, regardless of them having a token or anything, it is still kind of, you know, important to tell your story through images, right? Like what is the culture of open you know, what, what is your, you know, your employees look like? What is your company culture? Like, what is your long-term vision through visuals? Um, so I, I do think they need to start rolling out some sort of lore, even if it's just a very small amount. Yeah, it's interesting. It wouldn't really be like, oh, you know, OpenSea was founded on a mountain and like struck yeah. by lightning and... Now it's the number one marketplace in the world for NFTs. Like it just doesn't make sense to create lore around certain things. It's like trying to create lore around eBay. You know what I mean? Like how do you create lore around eBay? But mm-hmm. uh, you could, I guess you could, uh, OpenSea could actually launch a storyline and then offer some type of interesting uh, reward function that then you could create lore around that, of course. I just don't see it though. Once you... Once you go down like the corporate route, like OpenSea has, or and I'm not just singling OpenSea out, I'm just it's just the you know biggest marketplace. So, like, how does Blur? How do you create mark like a lore for Blur? How do you create a lore for um, Looks Rare? You know what I mean? Like, there is no lore because those are you know those are platforms. They don't get, you know what I mean? In a way, it's like it's a business. It's actually doing transaction um, because they're transactional like platforms. Like you just it's. I just don't see lore always working for like every company. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's in, I want to say it's interesting if you look at optimism, like they have NFTs that educate and it kind of like puts you down a storytelling path. That so, I get. Yep. See, yeah, that's yeah. that right there is brilliant what you just said. It's creating a product to then wrap lore around. That makes sense. But there's like, it's really, I think it's really hard to create lore around something as um, sterile as like a, you know, a marketplace where you're just like buying, selling and stuff like that. It's tough unless you release a product just to create lore, which makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, in a way they're almost like behind, right? Like in the sense of lore is like realistically, they could have dropped some sort of NFT pull app, something like that really early on for like OGs that, you know, might've appreciated at this point. Um, but I, I still don't think it's like too late for them to do something like that. Like, you know, say like, you know, for me, I opened my OpenSea account in, in June of 2021, you know, how many people opened an OpenSea account at that time? Probably not a crazy number. In my opinion, it's probably a pretty low number. There's ways to reward those people, you know, give them some sort of collector's item, give them, you know, their PFP on their account, turn it with a gold rim around it, give them a special header they can use a bio insert like there's plenty of ways to add lore in very simple ways like that that can reward people that have been here for a long time yeah i don't disagree on that one that's for sure the thing is uh people are 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 pretty adverse to like the og status these days it seems like oh you've been here for like two and a half years who cares like we're the new kids on the block you know what i mean like i don't know that's what it feels like to me a little bit like the og status doesn't really mean as much Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because like the way the space views OGs is like you're a punk or a board ape holder, right? So right now, kind of off of that is what I think is going on is a lot of people immediately view a board ape PFP as an OG, regardless of the time frame they purchased it. It's same thing kind of with punks is you see someone with a punk PFP, you're like immediately like, okay, that's an OG, right? And that's why you have in video games like Fortnite that the Black Knight skin is worth so much money because you're viewed as an OG, even though you might have purchased that account from someone else. Um, and that kind of pushes the value, obviously, of board apes and, and uh, crypto punks. Yeah, I totally agree. So from being a founder, um, what do you say, would you, there be something you would go back and do differently that you, uh, I mean, obviously everybody would go back and do things differently. I would go back and do a thousand things differently. <laughs> um, would there be anything you'd go back and like, let's just say 2021, 2022, or even, you know, partially 2023 here? Is there anything you would do differently um, that you could just change? I mean, there's probably like two things specifically. Um, I'd probably say like put more thought into my team when, when creating Fishy Fam, you know, we had a really small team. Um, you know, I, I wish I built out my team a lot larger. I put a lot of time into building a strong mod team. We had like 17 or 18 mods for the day of the day the Discord released. And at that time, we didn't really think there was going to be as many people as there was. But, you know, the mod team worked well. But, the you know, larger team, you know, definitely wish I built that out a little bit more. Did a little bit more research on that. Um, it's just challenging when you're building a brand and building a project is it's a lot about yourself, right? Like uh, most projects have like founders in the art or founders in the storyline. Like they're telling part of their story based on the traits they select and whatnot. So that, you know, 
I definitely wish I had a bigger team, but at the same time, the bigger the team, the harder it is to portray the story that you want, you know, tell through the art and, and the actual overall project. And then the second thing, um, you know, I always say is, is I wish I made the mint more expensive. Um, and not, not for everyone in the space, you know, when you say something like that, like, Oh, to pay yourself more money, no, to have a larger treasury. Um, and, and also have, you know, a community that had a little bit more capital. Um, I never really put that into senses. I wanted to make people money off the mint. You know, we had a 0.03 mint. If you sold within the first, you know, 10 minutes of the mint, first hour of the mint, you made what 0.95 ETH per mint. So you made about three ETH if you minted at, you know, a collective of, you know, 0.09. That's a massive come up. It's great. But it also creates the culture of, you know, taking profits, you know, people were in profits for so long that you could keep selling on the way down and you're still in the profit. And then it also has the consequence that I never really thought of is, okay, now you have a lot of bag holders, right? What about all the people who didn't mint, but paid, you know, one Ethereum or 0.6, right? They're in a bag holding position right off the rip. So I, I do wish, you know, we kind of put a little bit more thought into the mint price um, it was just kind of challenging during that time frame as mint prices were low at that time. You know, the average mint was under 0.06, but you know, I think in 2023 we won't see mints that are successful that aren't over 0.1. Cause you know, people to run a business, you need a lot of capital. And you know, that's something I do wish we, we changed at the beginning. Yeah. It's interesting that you said build a team. So in the startup world, you could either build your team too slowly and wait for the pain to happen. And then you start building your team around. It's just so excruciating that you actually have to hire somebody or, or multiple somebodies where, um, if you build too fast, your burn rate is out of control and you miscalculate how many people you actually hired. And then you actually have to end up laying a bunch of people off at the end of the day. Cause you grew too fast. So like the, the, to find that balance is crazy hard and people struggle with it like literally every day in the startup space. So I've seen startups like get a bunch of funding, hire a big team. They, you know, the market changes, you know, or a competitor comes into the space with a small agile team and they go, oh man, we, we built, we grew too fast. Now we have to like lay off 30%, 40% of our staff. And then that just gives a bad taste in the mouth for like everybody who's using the software or using the service. And then the people that leave are kind of like a little disgruntled because they kind of probably left a job that they really liked for a company that was on the up and coming and come to find out they just grew too fast, hired too many people, had too many redundancies and realized there were some also people that just weren't performing. So it's actually a good thing to actually have less people HBA, like from, from a, you know, a startup and uh, you know, funding in real life funding rounds for VCs. They don't want to see like a, a large burn rate for like, especially like fixed costs, like salaries. They're like, Oh my God, do you really need this person? Who's just like tweeting all day and that's all they do. And um, so it's a, it's an interesting scenario um, when it comes to funding. And what you just said is definitely value, definitely of value for sure. Uh, how many of those folks, like the, the mods, like were they paid, were they volunteers to, and then once the, you know, project gets close, then you start paying them. Like, how did that, how does that all work? Cause that's a lot of people. Yeah, we paid, I forget how much, I think we paid $5,000 per mod. Um, 
you know, I think for was a week and a half, a week's pay. So, you know, we definitely took care of our mods. Um, you know, at the beginning, that was, you know, everyone was like 17 mods is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but when I was kind of fishy fam, like I went out and, and reached out to a lot of close friends, you know, at the time I won and a couple project founders and sent the art and I didn't think it was going to be as big as it was. I did think it was going to be extremely successful. Like it was going to sell out, you know, we were going to do really well. You know, I, I envisioned 20,000 followers. Um, but you know, when I started sending out the art and, and kind of getting feedback, I mean, that was kind of the point where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I should be cautious, get a lot of mods and, and, you know, <laughs> thank God I did. I mean, it, if anyone in here participated in that, pre-mint we had 60,000 people in a in a six-day period in a discord that there was zero bots so you know that chat was on a constant i think 30 second to a minute slowdown and you couldn't read anything you know we had giveaways in our discord that would have 2,000 reacts in about three minutes where our discord actually kept kicking you know some of the team members out because it was lagging so bad so you know, the, the mod crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, su we're super grateful for, for the mods and, and, you know, it, I'll give a little marketing cheat code. I mean, this is something I, I usually tell projects, you know, when they're deciding to do a min and everything is your mods are like your biggest cheat code when it comes to selling out and marketing, like your mod team is your outreach. Like, it's, I find it crazy when projects are minting and they have like two mods. It's like, so you have two people that are going out and promoting the project for you. Like, that's the big thing is I made sure to select my mods. Most of my mods had over 6,000 followers, 17 people with 6,000 plus followers. That's a lot of reach just on one tweet. So we got momentum pretty quickly off of that. And, and that's something, you know, I, I usually promote is make sure that you're picking a mod team that can promote for you. Um, and can also handle the chat. Yep. I couldn't agree more on that one. Like the more people, the better, especially when they're, when they're like rocking the PFPs. That's what I, that's definitely what I would go after too. That's really smart. I never really thought of it that way. Do you feel strongly about having discord or you think Discord's kind of like a, a blessing and a curse? I absolutely hate discord. Um, <laughs> Me, am too. I, Me too. It's like, it's, it's draining, right? Like it's, it's just, I, I, I like, haven't liked it since the beginning. I used to like it a long time ago, but it gets to the the point, right. Is like how the space is right now is, you know, it's a piece of piece of toast where the jam spread too thin, right. It's like, we've joined way too many discords. We have, you know, friends split into 17, 18 different discords. You know, me, myself, I, I hold plenty of projects that you could put in the same genre or category. And it's like, I'm not in any disc, like I'm in probably four discords and it's like fishy fam, Azuki's doodles. And like, that's it. Like, I, I just don't, it's, it's too draining for people to go in there and, and type something every day. And then they kind of have to, because if they don't, then they think the project's dead and inactive. Right. So it kind of becomes this fake engagement almost in a way in discords now where it's just not enjoyable and it's draining. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I'm wondering when, when there's going to be like a discord competitor at some point that comes into the space that 
you know, makes it super, super simple, makes it a completely clean, easy to understand UI. And it just keeps people like safe inside of a discord and also just easier to manage. Like, I really hope something like that comes out. I don't even think we need something to come out. I feel like that's, we're kind of in that point where it's like, we, we think that we need more coming out and it's like, literally the solution is Elon Musk making group chats on Twitter be allowed to have more than 75 people. That's it. You allow a group chat to have 600 people because the community page on Twitter is trash. No one uses it. It's literally horrendous. If you open group chats up, let them be bigger. Bang. You have your community able to go and be active on each other's posts. You have them being able to be active on the main Twitter's page versus them having to go into Discord, get pinged because a tweet went up and then go back to Twitter, retweet it and then come back to Discord to talk about it. Like that's just like the worst process ever and it can be easily solved if if Twitter made bigger group chats. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I the downside about Twitter group chats is like um like those messages are in stone. Like if you make a typo or anything yeah. in a group chat, it's just there forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that is a problem with uh Twitter. I think it needs to adopt some changes like a Telegram or, you know, um like discord where you can actually edit what you said. You can delete a comment that you actually weren't done. You know, you weren't done typing and you hit enter by accident. Right. And all of a sudden that message is out there. You can either delete it, you know, copy it, delete it, and then like try to keep writing it or it gets sent. And I think that's what telegram and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of telegram either, but um, telegram and like discord do well is that you actually have a chance to edit that stuff. And in like I said, Twitter DMs, man, oh, it's brutal. Like your mistakes are out there. Brutal. You know what I mean? Like everything feels brutal in those DMs. Um, so I think it's interesting because if don't ever, and this is just some advice, guys. Thank God it's not a, like financial advice here. Um, don't message anything in Twitter DMs you don't want published on Twitter. If you think your DMs are safe, it could be your best buddy at the moment. In two months from now, they're not your best buddy. Um, they'll be posting your DMs. So, you know, I'm just letting you know, like DMs are forever in Twitter. So just try to, you know, keep those to a minimum and go to Telegram, go to like Discord. If you, or, you know, go to the old fashioned, jump on the phone and talk, um, you know, through Discord or wherever you want to talk and like, you know, get it out verbally, like what you want to say and not like send messages on, again, in DMs in Twitter because they never go away. So that would, that's some, that's some alpha. I, I always say that. I mean, and like in this space, it's such a young space, but you know, we do have a variety of ages, but you know, when you're young and you're, you're, let's say under 28, you don't have a fully developed opinion on a lot of things. Right. And, and a lot of that's, you know, church, you know, politics, religion, all, all that's, you know, so just remember that when you're sending anything is, you know, your opinion might change in five years. And if you have that DM that, you know, represents a different opinion, it's going to come back and bite you. I'm, I'm on the same page. I, I call everyone. I, you know, I'm not doing the Twitter DMs just because people can snip one little thing, put it up on a post and don't have any other information. And it comes off very bad almost every single time. Yep. I couldn't agree more. There's definitely things that I've, I've written to people in DMS going, Oh my God, I'm sorry. You're having a bad day. You know, keep your head up this and that. And they, they've snipped things out of like me giving like a pot, some positive affirmations that it came out negative somehow. And I was like, what? 
So I can tell you right now, it definitely does not help you if you're DMing people stuff. Always, like I said, Discord, Telegram, or just the old-fashioned phone. I like to talk on the phone a lot just because clearly I like to talk. Um, I host spaces. <laughs> so, uh, so HBA, what are we looking at in 2023 like for Fishy Fam? What should we all be taking a look at? And like not only that, but like what's the, like what's the alpha around it? Well, like, is there like one big thing we should know about right now for 2023 for you guys? I think like a lot of it for like Fishy Fam is like being in a rebuild stage right now. Um, you know, with IP, we're really changing that aspect with the trade remastering immediately. We're finalizing a token-gated website with our deflationary token bait. Um, that's a lot of the short term. I mean, in the long term, for me in 2023, it's community building. Um, you know, we're starting a podcast for our actual community called Diving Deep um, with kind of a similar aspect to this is interviewing people and asking hard questions and um, learning. And, and giving our community the opportunity to have those questions answered for them about stuff they might not be aware of. So I think it's really just kind of going down to the trenches with the community and saying, hey, this is where we are in Web3. Uh, let's build up together. Let's build a strong community. Um, and then really creating strong vision and mission statements where you know people can come in, in the community and say, okay, this is what I'm getting. Because I think right now in this space, it's it's challenging because people go from one community and this is what they have for utility. They come to your community. They say, this is what you need for utility versus, you know, understanding, okay, this is our membership club. You get this, this, and this, and, and that's, you know, what we're providing. So um, I think for us, it's, it's mainly just community growth. Um, IP pushes. We want to get a book out for kids. We want to get some card games going. Um, a lot of stuff like that to create revenue streams. And then, um, you know, technology is, is something we're working in the back end. And, um, and we're working on our, our parent company that I've been working on for a long time that um, I'm excited to release probably halfway through this year, um, which is, you know, pretty much our major revenue stream I've been working on for about eight months. Nice. I like it. I really do like your IP too. It is super friendly. It definitely reminds me of like crypto mores a little bit, a little, a little uh, hint of like cool cats too, but not really, you know, obviously there's no, like, I don't know if there's how many fishy fans are like at the blue skin like this. Any? Oh, how many have like the basic skin that the blue skin, like this cool cat skin that I'm wearing over here. Oh, oh, half the collection. That's oh, like, nice. our, yeah, okay. that's our main character. We call him blue. So he'll be like kind of our main character when it comes to the lore and IP. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely friendly. Um, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of like um, PFPs that are smoking pipes or, you know, smoking cigarettes too. And I've never smoked anything, like literally anything in my life. So um, yeah, it's just a cool trait. I don't know why it looks cool. It just does. I think it's been in, like ingrained in us, you know, since we were like probably like super young to be like, yeah, smoking's cool, even though I've never <laughs> smoked anything. So uh <laughs> It's kind of weird how we like we are drawn to those things, isn't it? It's uh, I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, dude, yeah. think about this though. You got you like literally graduated college and went right into this. Like that is that is a very unique. I think a very unique story. A lot of people like don't really just go right from school right to like just going entrepreneurial into like your own project or like working in Web three trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And then like launching a project and being successful at it. Like that's a big deal. And I, I do enough people give you props because I'm going to give you props right now. Like 
dude, that's a big deal. And congratulations at being, you know, young enough to like, you know, people are probably like second guessing you like left and right still because like, Hey, who's this guy? He's like super young and like made a great, made a great project. You know, you're building a great company at such a young age. People are, uh, you know, probably not giving you as much what they call flowers. I give you props. So props, man. Yeah. If I can jump in too, sure. like one of the things uh, I remember when uh, HBA, I first encountered HBA, it was the biggest thing that I recognized was like the connections. He utilized all the communities to make great connections. And like, it's not talked about enough because like we all have this legacy that's going to be kind of cemented. And that was one of the things that I noticed very quickly was like, okay, if you have a project and you're like absorbed with all these communities in an organic way and you're actually given support and taking support and stuff, you're going to do better. So that's one of the things I noticed very early on with him. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's mad love fam. I think, you know, my, my one kind of thing advice for this, cause I've seen, you know, people take the risks that I did is it is a risk. Like you, not everyone's going to come into web three and be successful. Um, it's not easy and it's extremely hard to found a project, not only because of building it out, the community you have to take control of and your mental health. It's not a, it's not an easy task, but, um, I want to make it clear too, is before I started a project, I had capital in the space. And and that's something I think that's important is you need to build your roots in the space before you start a project. I see too many people who don't have any ETH in their wallet. They're not invested in any projects. And then they go to start a project. It's like, you have no idea. You don't know what community is. You don't know what you know, a project's like, so how are you going to build something? And, and that was a big thing, you know, to this day, I saw people saying, Oh, you bought NFTs with the fishy community. Well, it's like, Nope, I just used my mint money that went to me. Um, and then the money I got paid as a community manager and reinvested into the market. Cause I believe in it. Um, and, and don't take the leap of faith unless you're getting money in this market too. Um, I think it's important. Um, I see people quitting their jobs and like coming into this market. It's like, you really need to like, at least get your feet in the door, maybe get a community manager job like me and get some payments where like you have stability, um, before kind of taking that leap of faith. I think that's really important. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Like if you, if you quit and like a, on a hope and a dream, you're like going to Hollywood in a way and you're like, I'm going to make it big. Um, and then you become like a, and there's no, no hate on people to do that too. But yeah, if, if you're out there like waiting tables just until your big break, you might be waiting for like 10 years, um, in the, in Hollywood at least. So, you know, the same thing goes with web three. If you don't put in the time, it's going to be really hard for you to like jump into web three without some kind of stability or like pay, payment that actually is paying your bills, like your minimum viable and your MVB is in Bravo, your minimum viable bills. Um, you need to be able to ha cover those bills so you can actually then do the stuff you want to do. So I, totally and it also, agree. you got to be able to see behind the curtains, a lot of stuff when people show up, they think things are a certain way. And then you're here for a bit and you're like, okay, now I get it. It takes some time to actually understand the space uh, as well. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all about context. I mean, you know, like if, if someone asked me and, and I get the question is, you know, from a bunch of people is how long did it take you to make fishy fam? Right. And the answer is three months, three to four months. Right. That's to write up the business models, marketing models, the art. Right. 
But if you ask me for more context on like, okay, but what about everything else? A year and a year and four months is how long it took me, right? Like I had to build inside other communities. I had to network. I had to, you know, like learn the space. I had to be a part of communities, invest and lose money, get rug pulled, like all of this stuff to understand the market. So that's something that's that I think is important is always ask for context, man. It, it does not take three months to build a project. It takes three months to build, you know, a let's say like a free mint probably. But if you want to build something special, it's going to take a lot longer than that. I love you say that because like uh, I haven't said it in a while, but I used to tell people like give yourself a year to understand the space. Like don't rush into things. And so for you to actually put that out there, like it kind of like uh, it reaffirms it. <clears throat> totally true. I couldn't agree more on that one, Crypt King. So <clears throat> with that said, we have about like seven minutes left is that who's got questions for hba well, i wanted to ask this to hba so yeah, like you're very analytical and you kind of like always take a look at the market in a bird's eye view where do you see this space i'm seeing a lot of uh shifting like towards where you know you have some lines that are shifting towards super consumerism and different th where are you seeing the space when you take like a bird's eye view at look at it um i i I have like a negative depiction for the short term. I think the next eight months is just going to be a lot of dying projects. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of somewhat, you know, comfortable projects finally starting to feel some pain when it comes to their floor prices. Um, I think one of the biggest things that my view of this market right now is you have about five blue chips. So in my opinion, you have five projects that can last for five plus years right now on their current treasuries and do very well. Um, I, the floor price, I don't know about the stability on that, but money-wise, they're good. Then you have the rest of the space is kind of clicky. It's lunch tables, right? It's how I think about it is you have some- High school, some high school lunch tables. So yep. true. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's, and but the problem with lunch tables, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use like a sports example, right? You have a football team, right? You have five very good quarterbacks who are friends, right? What happens when you have a recruiter come and say, we can take one, right? There's only going to be one that comes out of it. And guess what? That person's going to put a poison pill to hurt all those projects to make sure they get that one position. So when you think of that in the long term is a lot of these projects aren't thinking about that. It's like they're getting a little bit too connected and not building for themselves. So I think we're going to see you know, some pain in the short term, but I do believe in the long term is strong IPs are going to stay. Um, and it's really going to be about, you know, who's building for short term pumps and who's building for long term visions. Um, and for me, that's, that's what we're doing. I don't care about the floor price. The floor price can change any day. It's speculation is what drives floor price. It is not utility. It's never been utility. Um, we're building something for the future. And I think, you know, my message to all those projects, every project in this space is don't worry about your floor price. It can be changed overnight. You know, when VCs come in and say, Hey, we want 30% of your project. We're going to give you $3 million. Guess what? They're going to pump your floor. So don't worry about that. Worry about what you want to build um, and be a part of communities that have a goal of what you want to be a part of. 
Do you want to be a part of an IP play? Buy IP projects. If you want to be a part of technology, buy technology projects. You want to be a part of culture, buy projects that drive culture. It's, it's that simple. Um, and stop buying stuff that's the same exact thing. There's not going to be 100 cute projects that do well. There's going to be about 20. So make the picks that you think are going to do well in 2023. Yeah, that's good advice. That is good advice. Do, so basically, are you trying to tell them to, to definitely grab some feed picks? <laughs> is that Dude, what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> I, I wish I grabbed them at that <laughs> Seriously, like where did those come from? <laughs> yeah, it's, oh my God, that was crazy. Yep. Uh, there's a couple projects where I'm like, wait, that was a, that was like either a free or next to free mint. And they're like at five ETH floors, which that's not fee picks. I'm just talking about like in general, like that's what's happening right now. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Everybody's like, Oh, the bull market's back. I'm like, I think this is, a no. bull, this is like a bull blip and we're going to go right back to like, um, you know, uh, bear, bear sentiment, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and and I think you just you got to be careful not to get trapped. So it's like you got to be very close to watching if you're playing, and if you're, if you, I like what uh, HBA said. I kind of look like, uh, what do I look in my wallet? And then I look like you know I have certain NFTs that meet certain needs. You know, like I have my IP plays, I have my metaverse plays, I have these plays, mm-hmm. and you know uh, that's what I'm doing this year. Is kind of like. Uh, you know, how everything that needs my uh, meets my needs are there. And then I can speculate a little more risky because I know my base is set, you know, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very smart way to read the market. I'm I'm kind of at the, the same level, I think, um, you know, I've always been an investor in this market since I came in. Um, my rule right now is in and out. I'm, I don't stay right now. I'm not staying in trades for more than two to three days. If it's, if it's a new mint or something coming out. Um, and I'm, I'm really focusing on being a part of projects I think are going to run this world. And, you know, a lot of those projects, you don't have to buy the main project. You can buy the secondary, for example, Azuki's, you can buy beans. You can, you know, buy a lot of these doodles. You can buy the duplicators, um, you know, getting involved in the communities you're bullish on and you believe in. Um, but everything else I would, I would be in and out of liquid is not here. I don't know where people quote unquote found the word bull market in, in the open sea volume, go on to Dune. Uh, <laughs> we're actually way lower than the volume we were in November. Um, so I, I don't know where that came from. So people, people are trying to make up things because they want to feel, they want to feel something I think in the space again, and they want to feel like excitement and buzz when there's really not much, even though there is the web three daily buzz. What's up <laughs> what, what, with that said, uh, last words, the show's about to be over right now. We have like 30 seconds left. What's the, what's the last piece of advice you'd give everybody HBA? Um, focus on building your brand in web three. Um, be selfish. It's you. D- you don't need to be about one community. If your PFP is a certain project, that does not mean you're a worker for that project. Build your own brand using that IP, um, and focus this year on on growing. Um, you know, your name in this space can be huge, and and then you can use it for opportunities. And and I feel like a lot of people aren't being selfish enough. Grow your account, tweet daily, put GMs up, and 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 be bullish on yourself. Great advice. Um, even if you're out the, not sitting at the cool kids lunch table, keep building your brand, 
keep writing content that actually makes sense. And even those people at the lunch tables you're not sitting at will eventually recognize you or they won't. And you'll just keep growing anyway without them. So amazing advice from HBA. You're awesome, dude, man. Thanks for coming on the, thanks for coming on the space today for the show. It's pretty awesome. And with that said, we are out for the day. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Can't do this show without you guys. Can't do it without our guests up here. Follow everybody. A screaming comes a thousand miles. It might be yours. It might be mine.